sharing a, a pretty short passage of scripture. Uh, it's only seven verses. Uh, and yet, for a lot of people, for myself, this is one of my favorite passages in the scripture. Okay, and so I want to start you guys with a question this afternoon. Uh, if I were to ask you guys, what do you think is the most famous hymn of all time? If I if just if you think, okay, what's what's the most famous hymn that everyone knows? Okay, I've already heard like three people say it. Okay, Amazing Grace. How many of you guys would agree that's probably the most famous hymn? Okay. Amazing Grace. All right. And uh, if we go to the next slide, that hymn was written by this guy named John Newton. And again, because this, we, we know, probably most of us know this hymn, the first lines of that hymn says what? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And if you know the story of John Newton, he was actually a slave trader for a number of years. And he became a believer. And actually, after he became a believer, about 20 years after he became a believer, he wrote this hymn. And after he became a believer, he ended up actually becoming one of the strongest opponents to the slave he actually became someone who's fighting for the abolition of the slave trade. And after we kind of go through our past today, we're going, to be, we're going to come back to his story a little bit at the end of our time this afternoon. But our passage today actually has a pretty important place in Mark's gospel. This actually, in the story of Jesus going now to the cross, this is actually the last healing miracle that we're going to find in the book of Mark. And really, other than him cursing a fig tree, which we'll, we'll get to, other than that, basically, this is like the last miracle we're going to see in the gospel before the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. In Mark chapter 11, the next chapter we get into, Mark is uh, Jesus is going to be entering into Jerusalem, and the rest of the book is basically going to be Jesus in Jerusalem for the last week of his life. And in the book of Mark, there are two places in this gospel where there are stories of blind people getting healed 
Two places where blind people are getting healed right before something very important happens. If you guys remember Mark chapter 8, chapter 8, uh, Jesus heals a blind man. That happens right before we get Peter's confession, Jesus is the Messiah. And here, Jesus is going to heal a blind man right before he enters Jerusalem for the last time. And so blindness is this kind of important thing in the Gospel of Mark. And so we're going to spend some time this afternoon just kind of thinking about that a little bit. And so today, you guys, we want to just we want to begin by reading our passage together. And as we like to do in our church, if you would, if you just stand up, we're going to read God's word together. And if we can, let's just go ahead and read it in Chinese first, and then we'll read it in English. Okay, ready? Chapter But we were reading about something that you did. That Lord, that this is truth. Now, Lord, we ask that now you would take your truth and Lord, you would use it to change us. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes. That we might be able to see you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So again, some of us are probably, many of us are probably familiar with the story. 
And what we're going to do this afternoon is we're looking at, we're just going to sort of look at three contrasts kind of as we're going through this passage together. And so the first contrast we're going to be looking at is Bartimaeus and the rest of the crowd. Okay, it says that there was, in verse 46, it says there was a great crowd that was with Jesus. Okay, now, so first thing I was trying to think about is a little background. Okay, why is there this great crowd following Jesus? Okay, the first thing is that they're they are heading towards Jerusalem. And it's about to be the time for the Passover. Okay, and so you guys, Passover, I mean, if you imagine Chinese New Year here, like traffic is terrible here, right, for Chinese New Year in Taiwan. You guys, that's exactly what it was like back then, okay? But instead of everyone going to, like, their home, everyone wanted to go to Jerusalem. So there was this huge group of people, they were all heading towards Jerusalem. But another reason that there was a great crowd following Jesus is because just before this story, Jesus had been in a place called Bethany. And Bethany is only a few hours walk away from Jericho. And in John chapter 11, when, when Jesus is in Bethany, he raises from the dead a guy named Lazarus. And so that happens not too long before this. So imagine just there's this large crowd, they're already going to Jerusalem, and now they're also hearing about this guy that's raised someone from the dead. I mean, this is going to be, there's something going on right now. And in, in verse 46 of Mark chapter 10, it says that there was this great crowd, and then it just also tells us there was this guy named Bartimaeus, and he was a blind beggar. And these two words, blind beggar, these are going to be important words as we go through this text this afternoon. Verse 47, it says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Okay, but the next slide, in Luke chapter 18, this same story is also in Luke chapter 18. And in Luke 18, it actually tells us that he heard this crowd going by. And he asked, he's like, so again, imagine this guy, he's blind, and he hears this big crowd going by, and he starts asking people, hey, what's going on? And it says that they told him, Jesus of Nazareth, 
is passing by. Now what's important for us here, you guys, is in verse 37 it says, when he heard the crowd say, Jesus of Nazareth, Notice what this blind Bartimaeus actually starts to say. He hears the crowd say, Jesus of Nazareth is going by. And he notice you guys, he doesn't yell, he doesn't yell, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. That's not what he says. He yells out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, for some of us, you guys, you might hear son of David, and maybe, maybe if you're not familiar with the Bible, you're kind of like, what does that mean? Why is he saying that? You guys, son of David was the most common term for the Messiah in Judaism at that time. And so when Bartimaeus is sitting by the road and he starts yelling out, Jesus, he's actually saying, Jesus, Messiah, have mercy on me. And here's where we begin to see this first contrast that I want us to kind of pay attention to. Is that the crowd, this crowd that saw or heard what Jesus was doing. They saw what Jesus had been doing, but they didn't really see. Their eyes, their eyes hadn't been really truly opened to who this man was. To the crowd, he was Jesus of Nazareth. He was a man from Nazareth who'd done some great things. But what is so amazing is that for Bartimaeus, for this blind beggar sitting on the side of the road, he had heard, I'm sure he had heard as he'd been sitting there for a few days, he probably heard people talking about this Jesus of Nazareth guy. And I think we can almost picture it like as he was sitting there, like, did the Lord start sort of bringing scriptures to mind that maybe he'd heard in the synagogue or something like that? Starts thinking about this man. He's hearing what he's doing, and maybe some certain scriptures start coming to his mind. In Isaiah chapter 61, maybe this is one of the ones that came to his mind. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus himself quotes the scripture and he says, This is talking about me. He says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the broken heart, to bring liberty to the captives. Opening of the prison to those who are bound. Now, 
In Matthew chapter 11, there's a story here when John the Baptist is in prison and he's he's hearing about Jesus, but think, he's, he's kind of wondering, is this guy really the Messiah? It says, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and he said to him, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Notice what Jesus says, go and answer him this. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the dead are raised up. He's pointing to what he's done. So you guys, what I believe we need to see this afternoon, this is so important, is that as this blind beggar was sitting on the roadside, God had already done a miracle in his heart. Before Jesus ever heals his physical eyes. God had already done something in this blind baker's spiritual eyes to let him see differently than the crowd. He's going to repeat twice, Son of David. He keeps calling out to him, Son of David. He's calling him the Messiah. And in, in verse 51, it, it says it, it's a little bit better in Chinese. In English, it just says rabbi, but actually it's the word rabboni. It actually it means master. He calls Jesus Lord. And what is, you guys, I would say scary and yet very important for us to hear this afternoon. Is what this story shows us is that it is possible to hear about Jesus and to read about Jesus and for even some people to see Jesus and not really know who he is. It is possible to go your, through your whole life in the church hearing about Jesus. Reading about Jesus and not truly seeing who he is. But here, this for 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 Bartimaeus, his blindness was obvious. But the crowd's blindness was not as obvious, right? But I think what we're supposed to see and what the other places in the scriptures are going to tell us, you guys, is that we are all blind. We are all naturally blind to God's glory. And who he is. As a parent, you know, if you're a parent, you probably know this. I can tell my kids all I can about Jesus. I can pray for them, I can teach them, I can do everything I can. 
But God has to open their eyes to the truth of who He is. That's the first miracle in this story. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says this. Paul's talking about, I mean, he says, in their case, talking about unbelievers, he says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. But then there is a miracle that happens in verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts, if we are believers, it means that he has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. If you are here in this church today and you know who Jesus is, it's because God did a miracle in your heart. God did a miracle in your heart. Because the scripture tells us that we are all naturally blind. We have been blinded. So for some of us, maybe some of us in this church, maybe some of us today, we need our eyes opened for the first time. If you're not a believer, maybe you need your eyes open for the first time to see who Jesus is. But you guys, for all of us, this is something that we continually need. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is praying for the believers in Ephesus. And he says his prayer for them is in verse 18, he says, I'm praying that you might have the eyes of your hearts enlightened. In Psalm 119, the psalmist in the old time, he even prays this. He says, Open my eyes, God, that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. And what I believe this shows us, you guys, is that we can read the scriptures, we can look at the stories, and not see. There is a difference between reading and seeing. Okay. There is a difference between reading and seeing. Okay. All right, let's, let's practice that. Turn to the person next to you, okay? All right, and say, there is a difference between reading and seeing. In church, we need, we need to be a people that are not just reading the word. We need to be a people that are constantly saying, God, open my eyes to see your glory. Alright, so then the next contrast in this sort of in this story here. Is it says it's it's the crowd and Jesus. Verse 47 says, when, they, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
And verse 48 says, And many, okay, in the crowd, many in the crowd rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Now, you guys, there's, this, is, this is understandable for a couple of reasons, okay? Okay, the first is that when this blind beggar is sitting on the side of the road and as he's, as he's crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. That word crying out, okay? Is the same word that's used for a woman crying out in birth pains. It's the same word that's used for like when, when demon possessed people are yelling. I mean, it's like this is like this guy's like. I won't do it because it'll probably freak you out. But he's like, Geez! I mean, he's like yelling, right? And so the first thing is that this is probably making things very awkward. This, this guy is like, he is just, he is just going for Jesus. The amazing thing about Jesus is he seems to be totally okay with awkwardness. And I, I admire that about Jesus so much because I don't like awkward. Jesus is fine with awkward. But the second thing, you guys, and even more important, okay? Is that John chapter 9 it shows us that actually during that time, when people saw a blind person, they believed that that person must have done something and they're being judged by God. During that time, if someone was blind, they believed that that person was cursed. So this guy is at the very bottom of the social level right here. He is under the curse of God. So the crowd is basically probably thinking like, this guy doesn't deserve Rabbi Jesus to give him any time. Just shut up. Just be quiet. You don't deserve Rabbi Jesus' attention. You're cursed. But Bartimaeus will not stop. And it says actually in verse 48, he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And what I want you to see is that the crowd believed he was cursed. They believed he didn't deserve anything from God. Or the crowd, you can say this way, the crowd believed he was getting what he deserved. He was blind. But what's so amazing to me, you guys, is that Bartimaeus probably also believed he was cursed. He probably also thought, yeah, you know what? I, I must have done something. I'm I'm cursed. But that didn't stop him. 
止如此，却没有让他停下来，不向神呼喊。And this is what's so important because his focus was on the Messiah's mercy and not on his worthiness. 所以呢，我们很重要的要记得，他的专注全部是在神的怜悯，而不是在他自己配不配。Notice, you guys, both times he says, "Have mercy on me." 两次他这样子的说，可怜我吧。He is saying, "I have nothing to offer." 他在说这句话的时候，他说我什么都不能够给。I am a blind beggar. I don't deserve anything good from God. 我就是一个讨饭的瞎子，我根本不配得从神那里得到任何好的事情。But his focus wasn't on his worthiness. It was that he believed that this God was merciful. 他的。专注的焦点并不是在他配不配，而是在于神是怜悯的神。And I want you just to think for a second. 那我们想一想。How many times, you guys, when we ask for something, when we ask God for something? 想一想哈，你有多少次呢？你在跟神求一些事情。How many times? I don't know if you're like me. How many times do we do a quick little thing in our mind, sort of running through? Am I? Am I? Am I good enough for this? Am I worthy to ask God for this? 不知道你们像是不是像我一样哈，在我跟神求一些事情的时候，我心里面就会开始想，哎，我是不是配得神这样给我 ？Do a little quick mental checklist. Am I worthy for God to do this for me? 就是你一直在头脑里面想说，我这样子跟神求，但是是不是配啊 ？Have I done enough? 我做的够多吗 ？You guys, that is the essence of every other religion. Right. 其实我如果是这样子的话，它就是其他宗教的这个宗旨了。That is what every other religion is about: is have I done enough? What do I need to do to get God to bless me? 很多的宗教，他们的宗旨就是只有一个：你是不是足够做到够多，让你的神来祝福你 ？The focus is on ourselves. 所以，如果你这样子做的话，你的专注的焦点是你自己。We don't. We won't turn there. We don't have time to look at it.、Right. But if you just, if you want to write down, if you're taking notes, or just keep this in your mind, Luke chapter 18. 好，我们不会多讲，但是你们可以把它记下来。路加福音十八章。In Luke's gospel， 是在路加福音。This this parable， the parable of the par,、uh, Pharisee and tax collector takes place right before the story of Bartimaeus。那这个路加呢，他就记载哈，在这个巴迪买事情发生之前呢，以法利赛人跟这个税吏他们的这个故事。And this this parable is basically Jesus says there were two guys that go to the temple。那这个比喻是讲到说有两个人呢进到这个会堂里。And the guy in the really beautiful robes here。He's a Pharisee. He comes before Jesus, or I'm sorry, he comes to the temple. 那有一个穿得很华丽的这个法利赛人呢，就进到了圣殿。And he just goes through a checklist, and he says, "God, I thank you. I'm not like other people. I, I fast, I tithe, I do all these good things." 然后他就开始祷告说：“神啊，我跟其他人都不一样哦，我会十一奉献，而且我进食啊，什么什么的。” But then it says that this other guy, this tax collector, who back in that time was just an absolute—they were just the scum of the earth, right? 那当时呢，还有另外一。And all he does is he says, "God be merciful to me, a sinner." His prayer only has one sentence: "God, please forgive me for this sinner." I accept you. 那在这个比喻的后段后段呢，是讲到说呢，耶稣他接纳了这一位这个税吏。And so, church, listen, listen to to what. Look, just listen to this. 所以，亲爱的弟兄姐妹，我们一直一定要仔细的来听。It it glorifies God when we focus on His mercy. 当我们把焦点放在神的
Rather than on our merit. Okay, so let me say that again. It, fo- it glorifies God when we focus on His mercy rather than our merit. When we get our eyes off of ourselves and onto Him. Because when the focus is on ourselves, we're either going to be prideful thinking that, yeah, I am good enough. And you basically just reek of pride and stink to everybody else. Or we swing to this other side where basically it's like, I'm never good enough, and we just live in despair, and life is just. Not awesome all the time. And basically, both of those people are just no fun to be around. But when our focus is on God and His mercy, we become grateful people. And so Jesus and the crowd, this is, they're telling Him, the crowd basically is telling uh, Bartimaeus to shut up, right? And Jesus, then it says, you know, he stops and it says, and he says, call him. And now notice, you guys, how fickle, like just how quickly the crowd changes, right? One verse earlier, they're saying, shut up, right? Be quiet. And, and now within literally like maybe 10 seconds, they're like, Hey, I mean, it, it says in Chinese, it says fang xin, and here it says take heart, but really it's like people are saying, cheer up. That's what they're saying, like, hey, cheer up, buddy, he's calling you. So the crowd goes from saying, shut up, to cheer up in like 10 seconds. And I think one of the reasons we love this story, you guys, is because again, Barnabas is like, he just won't give up. And Jesus is like, yeah, call him, bring him over here. Barnabas didn't give up, you guys, he was desperate because he knew that the only answer to his blindness was passing by in that moment. This had nothing to do with him earning something from Jesus. This is just a picture of someone who knows their need and knows that the only answer is passing by right now. So what do we learn from this contrast? One of the things we see is that it is actually a gift to know our need. That it is a gift to know that we are in need of a savior. Because when we know that, you guys, when we know that we are in need, it will make us less arrogant and more grateful. It makes us less arrogant and more grateful. And the final contrast is Bartimaeus and James and John. 
So the crowd had told Bartimaeus to shut up, now they're telling him to cheer up. Okay, now in, verse, in our English Bible here, at least in the ESV, it says throw him off his cloak. He's not like probably disrobing, okay? Some versions will say laying aside what they think probably is that maybe he had like a cloak or something that was kind of out here for begging, right? That was probably there. So he just he just gets rid of that and just he just gets up to go to Jesus. And and it says that and Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And if you, you remember from last week, this is the same question. It was last week, right? Yeah. This last week, you guys remember last week, this is the same question that Jesus asks James and John. In, last week we saw that they came to Jesus and they Rabbi, or they said, Jesus, we want you to do something for us. Verse 36 said, What do you want me to do for you? This very same question. And what, do you remember what they wanted? They said, Grant us to sit one on your right, one on your left. They're like, We want to be your right and left hand guys in your kingdom, in your glory. What, what they wanted was glory and power and authority. That's what James and John wanted. This is the, kind of like the opposite of the beggar, the beggar idea here. This is basically like we deserve to be like your number one and number two guy. But what is what does Bartimaeus want? He says he said Rabona, he said, Master. He says, let me recover my sight. He's asking for God to do something that he cannot do for himself. He's asking God to do something that he doesn't deserve. He wants to be made whole. James and John wanted to be great in other people's eyes. Bartimaeus just wants his own eyes restored. Okay, now I'm going to be honest, okay? As I've spent time meditating on this passage, I was a little bit bothered by what Bartimaeus says here. Because I was thinking, okay, you got this one chance of all the things you could ask for. I mean, here, here's the Messiah saying, what do you want me to do for you? And, it, and it, sometimes I read this and I thought, you know, what he asked for doesn't seem very spiritual. And it would have been even like a better contrast with James and John, right? If like he if you just said, Oh Jesus, I don't need anything, just hearing your voice is good enough for me. <laughs> then, you know, he could, that that to me would be more like, you know, 
I don't know, it's almost more like, you know, I don't, maybe it's just in our culture, it's like, oh no, you don't, you don't have to do anything for me, right? But, but, I, but I actually, guys, the more I thought about it, is that this, this, this simple request, it's actually only two words in Greek. Basically, just if I could just recover my sight, right? And I think that this is just a simple statement of faith. And what this faith is, and that the more I thought about, the more I realized what actually this says is that this is faith that this Jesus is a good Savior. That I, I believe that it glorifies God even more, the boldness for this beggar to believe that this Messiah cares for my needs. He knows he doesn't deserve anything. But he believes in the goodness of the Messiah. That even something as practical as simple as just restoring my sight, that he he has the boldness to ask and say, Lord, would you just would you heal my And it glorifies God. What he's willing to ask. It glorifies God that he says, I believe you're that good that you would even do this for a blind baby. Okay, so why did Bartimaeus, when we kind of was, we're getting ready to finish, why did Bartimaeus want to be healed? I think verse 52 tells us one of the reasons he wanted his eyes healed. Jesus says to him, look, and notice Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And where does Bartimaeus go? Notice you guys what Jesus says. He says, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And it says, And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him. Jesus says, you can go. Bartimaeus says, I want to follow. That this guy's eyes now are allowing him to see the son of David. And now his eyes are allowing him to follow the son of David. And so I want us just to thank you guys for our for ourselves here, just as we as we kind of move into sort of application and just as we're finishing our time. I think there's two things that we can learn from this blind well, there's many things we can learn, but two things I want us just to think about. This blind beggar Bartimaeus. Is it the truth is, you guys, all of us, we are all blind. We all need our eyes opened. 
我们都需要眼睛被打开。And this week, you guys, as we go into this next week, I want to encourage us that we are not just reading the Bible. First of all, I encourage you to read the Bible if you're not doing that. But you guys, that we would not just go through the week and just whether we're just reading the Bible or we would ask God, God, open my eyes that I can see. This ought to be, I mean, as Paul prays in Ephesians 1, this needs to be a prayer for us every day, every week. God, open my eyes to see your glory. The second thing is, as the crowd was telling this beggar to shut up, he didn't deserve anything from the Savior. The choice for us every day is to ask yourself, are we going to focus on our merit or on Christ's mercy? As I go through this week, am I going to be thinking about whether or not I'm worthy enough? I've done enough. Or am I going to be focusing on His mercy? All right, the worship team wants to come back up. We, we began, and just as we started, I, I talked about this guy, John Newton. At the end of John Newton's life, he, this, I have this quote written in my Bible. He said this, he says, you know, my memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things. That I am a great sinner. And Christ is a great Savior. At the very end of his life, just that was that was what it kind of boiled down to for him, was understanding I don't deserve anything, but he is a great Savior. How many of you guys have heard of a guy named Martin Luther? Martin Luther, at the very end of his life, it said that the last words that he spoke, is that he, he basically said, we are beggars, this is true. We are beggars, this is true. Those are the last words out of Martin Luther's, Luther's mouth. This guy that had written all these commentaries on the scripture, this guy that had done all of this stuff, and it all came boiling down to one thing, we are beggars, this is true. And the truth is that we all are Bartimaeus. We are all Bartimaeus. Guys, we actually were under a curse. We really were under a curse. The curse of sin and death. 
And what we deserved was judgment. What we deserved was that Messiah just to pass on by and say, you know what, what you deserve, yeah, like the crowd, you deserve judgment, just be quiet. But if you know Christ today, it's because he passed by and he stopped and he called you and he opened your eyes.